This is Forum. I'm John Michaels, Public Affairs Radio Director, and I don't know how many uh, years, Jack, I've done this with you, mainly because you were close to my district in Sioux Falls, but uh, I've known you for quite a long time with that, uh, what was it, 1918 beer stand out at the Sioux Empire Fair every summer? 1919, Ritger. 19, I got uh, close. Yeah, 1919 out of the brewery in New Ulm, Minnesota. Well, we both have three children and eight grandchildren, so we're, we're close together in that sense, too. But uh, uh, you're a McCook County native. You grew up on the farm out there, right? Yeah, actually, I got 10 grandchildren now, John, so well, it might be a couple ahead of you. Okay. Um, <laughs> got to update uh, the yeah, I grew up. Yeah, I grew up three miles straight south of Salem there and a quarter mile west uh, on a farm that my brother still lives on and farms all the land. And I've got a nephew that's uh, also back there on the farm, and hopefully someday he'll take it over and the Colbeck tradition will keep going. I guess that's what the, the, the goal is anyway. Well, we both went to South Dakota State University. Uh, you got a business degree. You've been in business now for, what, 45 years in Sioux Falls? I moved here full-time in 1975, and I've been involved in the malt beverage business uh, ever since that January the 2nd, the day I started, uh, 1975. I did work one summer in 74, just part-time when I was paying my way through college, but I've lived uh, here as a resident of Sioux Falls since 1975, so you you put the math for that one. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about the 2023 legislative session coming up next week, uh, uh, this week actually, in fact, uh, as far as being in the uh, government there. Uh, but I guess, first of all, um, as a you know, a person who, uh, beer distributing, you have beer trucks that go out to all of these small towns in the community. How's, how's the... Uh, the road's been, and, and uh, some of these small communities, are, are they uh, are getting accessible? Well, we're getting around. Um, I'm not saying we're making it to every one of them. The, the biggest uh, issue is, you know, the snowpack on the roads now that have been cleared. You know, they're getting kind of rough and tough and until they can get back out and push a little more snow away. They're a little tough to get around. We are getting around with them. The intersections are a big issue uh, just because of the amount of snow that we have. I mean, you can only push it so far and so high and and uh but we're getting by we we uh missed a couple days this week but we've been out and about and and uh the last couple days trying to get as many customers as possible covered and uh we didn't get them all but uh we're we're doing our best and we'll send a send a couple trucks out again tomorrow on saturday to kind of catch up where people are desperately needing some product so hopefully it'll all work out but this is the most snow i've seen since 1968 far as i know right here in in our area so well i can imagine being in a small town and running out of beer yeah one thing about it in the smaller towns probably uh they probably aren't in as tough a shape as probably here, right here in sioux falls because people in the smaller towns they, they couldn't drive in from the farm they couldn't get there uh whereas here in sioux falls if they were at home or something they could walk to some place probably at a you know out too much problem and, and get their supplies whatever they may need and uh, out in the, in the rural areas where you got to drive in a couple miles uh, to get anything it might have made things a little difficult for them but yeah they're okay we're, we're we're getting through it we're South Dakotans and we'll we'll make it through this one and hopefully we just don't get a whole lot more before uh, the end of the uh, the end of the season I'll just tell you a little story real quick if you don't mind sure. <clears throat> Uh, my mom, I lost my mom about a month ago and, uh, mom always said, if I ever get to, when I get to heaven, Jackie says, uh, I'll make sure that, uh, I tell God that we need moisture down here. Well, she died on December 1st and I think it's been snowing ever since December 6th. (laughs) 
So I just sent her a little note, and I just said, Mom, I said, can you hold off for a while and, and just send us some spring rains instead? So we'll see. We'll see what happens. So. Well, I've been telling people that are new to Sioux Falls, quite a few people new to Sioux Falls. Uh, I, we both grew up in this area, but um, we haven't had a real South Dakota winter for quite some time, so we're not used to it. But this is this is kind of a normal winter for when, when we remember as kids. Oh, yeah. You know, 1968 and I think 92 is another one that we had here. That, But in 1968, when I was still out on the farm and, you know, when I was a junior in high school, um, we walked a quarter of a mile to the highway, uh, to Highway 81, just to get a ride in to, in to go to school. Uh, we'd end <laughs> up staying at either a friend's house or my grandma lived in, in town. and, and uh, But that's how we got back and forth. And I can remember walking to the the highway to get belts we had belts you know that run the 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 water pumps at the at the farm and you know belts sometimes break or get old and crack and uh, guys would bring us belts but we'd have to go to the walk to the highway to get them and bring them back to the farm i mean it was it was unbelievable the snow that that we had that year and i remember that one i, I remember that one quite well in 92 we had quite a bit of snow i got actually got stuck out of town for a couple of days and before I was able to get back into uh, into Sioux Falls, uh, I was stuck up in Brookings, which wasn't a bad you know deal at that time. But um, I can remember the snowdrifts being, or the plows after they had gone down Interstate 29 South, that that the the road was one one lane, and we often thought we were going to rub the mirrors of the trucks uh, on the side of the snowbanks. That's 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 how uh, how deep that snow was at that time. But you're right, it was. Uh, we haven't had one of these for a while, so I, I, we'll get through it. I, I can't imagine asking a school kid that they uh, they have to walk a quarter mile in the snow uh, banks to uh, get to the bus. <laughs> not, 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 not today. One, one more thing we're talking to Jack Kobeck is uh, I'm in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, South Dakota, but you're in the Softball Hall of Fame. Now, I haven't talked to someone that's been in the South Dakota <laughs> Softball Hall of Fame, but you were you were pretty good in, in, um, in ball back in the days. Yeah, you know, I... It's not probably because of my playing ability. Uh, it was probably more of my activities and my sponsorships with uh, with the leagues and, and teams uh, throughout the city of Sioux Falls and, and uh, surrounding area. Um, I was inducted in 1992, and that's been quite some time ago. I'm still playing. Uh, uh, my birthday is coming up here January, and everybody can put numbers to it as old I might be. But uh, we have a 15-over softball league here in town that I started about seven years ago. We've, we're up to 15 teams. We've got about 230 uh, registered players, men and women, that are over the age of 50 that we play uh, 24 ball games on Thursday nights out at Harmadon starting in May, and we end in August. And uh, So we're still pretty active with it, and I was honored to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Great bunch of people in that, that organization, and... And uh, I was glad to be able to be a part of it, and I'm really glad that I still am a part of it. So, yeah, I, it's, it was quite an honor for me. Well, you know how to play teamwork. Uh, talking to Jack Kovac, uh, the Chamber of Commerce has a, a, a place where they talk to all the politicians, and they, they ask you, what, what was your top priority for the upcoming 2023 legislative session? And uh, you said to maintain a balanced budget for the state of South Dakota and lower the sales tax and property taxes. You know, if the if the national government, federal government would do that, that would be a whole different thing. But uh, South Dakota, we have excess funds, don't we? Uh, yes, we do. Uh, this is going to be a very interesting session. Uh, first of all, we're going to have, you know, like $300 million uh, 
probably in what we call one-time money. Uh, and the governor, you know, she has proposed her budget. She's got her priority as to what she would like to spend it on. You know, she's got a railroad up in Sisseton she wants to spend money on. Uh, we're going to, uh, and it's something we have to do is build a new prison, women's prison, out in the Rapid City area right now. They're looking at that area for the new women's prison because in Pierre, it's an older uh, prison and it's uh, definitely overcrowded. So they're looking at that, and that and that's something that uh, was one of her priorities. Her priority is uh, after-school care. Uh, so she's got her priorities on the budget is what she would like to spend the money on. And then, of course, when you've got $300 million sitting in a, in a, in a pot that, that you can spend on, we've got a lot of requests. I mean, we're getting requests every day from different, um, uh, you know, government agencies or private agencies that – that the money could be used for, you know, we're getting requests from them on a day-by-day basis. Uh, and I think right now we're up to somewhere in the vicinity of close to a billion dollars plus of, of uh, funding requests from not only what the governor's budget would be, but also what from outside individuals like the Board of Regents, for example, um, is one that they've got, uh, you know, they're asking for money for uh, overruns on buildings that they're building now or, you know, new construction that was appropriated down the road. And um, so, the, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. And so that's one one of the main issues was, is hopefully we get that money to the right people. Uh, the next big issue is, you know, the, the tax cuts. Um, there's basically three tax cuts right now that are people are looking at. And the, the food tax is the big one, the 4.5%. Uh, that's one that um, the governor has proposed to uh, take the four and a half percent sales tax off of off of food. Another one that uh, I'm involved with quite heavily is a property tax uh, relief uh, bill that would lower the assessed value of a family-owned home in the state of South Dakota uh, by a hundred thousand dollars. So that if you had a four hundred thousand dollar house, uh, you would only be assessed on three hundred thousand of the tax of the assessed value, uh, 85% of that, that's in statute. Um, and that's uh, would cost the state somewhere about $80 million. I think we got it at $82 million it would cost. And that $82 million would be money that would have been collected for the counties and for the school districts because that's where they get their property tax or they get their revenue from is property tax. That that money would be distributed to those those entities so that they wouldn't lose any revenue. And then, of course, the third one is the 0.5% uh, tax that was sales tax that was added in 2015 as part of a uh, tax to uh, help fund teacher pay and also to reduce property taxes. Um, the uh, amendment to that bill, called the Partridge Amendment, uh, was established or, or put on that bill and it passed. And what that bill what that amendment did or should do is uh, for every $20 million of excess revenue that we collect on internet sales tax, that tax would go down by 0.1%. Uh, we feel, some of us feel that we've, we've met that threshold in the last two years. And so uh, there'll be a lot of discussion as to whether or not that portion of the sales tax uh, could be lowered as well. So those are three major ones that, would affect uh, the people in the state of South Dakota as far as taxes. Uh, I know there's going to be a lot of discussion on all three of them, um, which ones uh, 
you know, make it through the session and come to, uh, come to reality is yet to be seen. Um, so I guess, you know, we'll see that the sales tax off of food would be about $102 million, uh, in lost revenue, but we could make it up with the 300 million in excess. The property tax would be about 82 million and somewhere on uh, $20 million on the point one or point two on that sales tax would be another 80 to a hundred million dollars. So a lot of big numbers there. Uh, but hopefully, uh, this year, it, it, this year is the year to, to, to do something with some kind of a sales tax or, or another tax just because I think it's time to time to give back to the people of South Dakota. So, Talking to Jack, a lot, lot of moving parts. Talking to Jack Kovic, uh, Republican District 13 in Sioux Falls. Uh, uh, Jack, the uh, uh, are, are people like in Sioux Falls senior citizens? Are they still having problems uh, paying their property tax because their house increased in value so much? Well, senior citizens actually can get a uh, if you're over 65 and you're, and you're the homeowner of that home and you've been there a few years, you can, you are already eligible for a tax uh, property tax reduction rate. So they, they can do that. But again, it, it goes back to the fact that the assessed value goes up, um, that it, that'll increase your, your amount of your taxes. Even when we have lowered the last four years, I've been on approach and we have lowered the mill levy, uh, which is what's assessed on your property value. Uh, but with the, Inflation going so high and, and the assessed value is going so high. You, the the lowering of the mill levy does not decrease your taxes because your assessed value goes so high that it actually shows an increase in your taxes. So uh, the elderly can get a tax break if so desired. But yes, I would say that it still would have an effect upon uh, you know the assessed value on their property and if they're especially if they're on a fixed income. Uh, I definitely would affect their ability to to maintain their lifestyle as they would probably like to see it. So, again, talking to Jack Kobeck of the uh, South Dakota Legislature coming up now. Uh, for those uh, that know we record this, it was recorded on Friday afternoon, and so today, Sunday, you're actually in Pier, I believe. That's correct. Actually, this is Friday afternoon. I'll be leaving for Pier at about four thirty this afternoon. Uh, my wife and I are going to drive out there. I've got. Uh, meeting at nine in the morning um, out in Pier tomorrow. And then we've got a legislative uh, breakfast um, at 10. And then um, we've got the governor's uh, inauguration starting, I believe, at noon um, at the Capitol. Um, the swearing in of whoever is there from the Senate and the House and the constitutional officers will have our swearing in tomorrow and then the, the, the grand ball uh, for the inauguration uh, takes place starting at eight o'clock tomorrow evening at the Ramcota and uh, then on Sunday I'm going to stay there or my wife's coming home uh, because I have to start Monday morning right away in appropriations uh, and our session actually uh, starts on Tuesday at noon so I've got a couple extra days out there in pier but that's okay. <laughs> We're fine with that. Well, I have to, you know, say that I really uh, have to respect all of the legislators that have to drive in this weather from like Sioux Falls or Rapid City or Watertown, Aberdeen to Pier uh, in this kind of weather. Uh, I, I imagine you've experienced all kinds of uh, uh, ways to get there and back. 
Well, it, it, it's been a couple times that has, you know, spend a few hours in Chamberlain or something like that. But uh, the last uh, six years, it's been pretty good. I've had a couple of tough weekends, but this year uh, I'm doing the same thing. I'm telling all my customers, I'm I'm packing, I'm packing enough stuff for myself that I might be snowed out there for a couple of weeks. So I'm going to make sure that I've got plenty of supplies and clothes with me so that I can make it through a two week stay over if that's necessary and i tell that same thing to my customers i said you know we're, when we, we get there on a on a monday it'd be nice if you just put in a two-week supply because we don't know whether or not we're going to get back next monday but that's just one of the things that you, you you deal with and you live with when you're in south dakota and and i love it here really to be honest with you I, it's it's a new experience every day you know a hundred years ago all you would have had to do is go down and hop on a train you know, it, it, it's too bad we can't still do that. Uh, now, the uh, of course, the ball and everything is is this uh, was Saturday. Uh, but uh, tell us a little bit now: is this a long session or a short session? Well, we start. Uh, we, we we got forty days this year, um, if that's what you want to call mm-hmm. a long session. Uh, so we start on uh, the tenth, and, and our last day is the thirteenth of of March, and then veto day is on the twenty sixth day of March. Um, so in between that time, I believe if I got my numbers correct, I've got two Fridays off and three Mondays, um, during that period of time. Otherwise we're in session all those other days. So, um, yeah, you know, whether it's 38 days or 37 days or 40 days, they, it's, it's all about the same, but. Mm-hmm. They want to call that a long session. Normally, they're all long sessions, to be honest with you. Well, we have a balanced budget in South Dakota. Uh, what would you tell California or, uh, you know, even even uh, Washington, D.C.? Having a balanced budget really uh, <laughs> a lot less anxiety, right? <laughs> well, you know, it, I love a balanced budget. I mean, you do that for your household as well as, you know, your businesses, you try to make sure that you don't overspend what you don't have. Uh, and, you know, California and whatever the states that do not have a balanced budget and keep running themselves in debt every year uh, or more and more in debt, like our national government's doing too, you know, it's, you know, you can always say, well, someday that's got to be paid back. Well, you know, and it, someday it should be paid back. But uh, they uh, keep running those deficit budgets. We're in South Dakota here. We try to be a little more uh, conservative and, and watch where we spend it and how we spend it. Uh, I'm sure there's probably some things in the state of South Dakota that we do not have that other states have. But yet I think our quality of life is, is pretty good. And I think that if we can maintain that in our Constitution, that balanced budget, that I think that's a good thing. And, and it's, it's a lot a lot easier when you're in appropriations, when you've got to tell people, no, we don't have the money, than it is to try to divide up $300 million amongst people that are asking for more than a, more than a billion dollars. It, it makes it a little easier when you, when you don't have quite as much to spend. So. Well, actually, you know, a couple of times I've been up there, Jack, you know, you, the, whether it's the House or the Senate, they sing happy birthday to the members. Or, you know, it, it's, uh, it's an enjoyable, uh, uh, there's a bonding, I think, of the group up there, isn't there? Well, you get to, you know, seriously, you really get to make some good friends. Uh, you know, and there might be a day where you're arguing with the, 
another one of your senators or representatives over a bill, and you, you get into a little heated discussion, you know. But at the end of the day, you all got to walk out of the same building, and the next morning you all got to walk back in. And, it, you know, you may be arguing with a guy that day or that woman that day on a bill, but then the next day, you, you know, you two are standing up talking in favor of, the, of a different bill, you know, because you need their help or they may need your help. Uh, to help pass a bill that uh, they would like to see passed. And so when it comes to, you know, holding grudges, I don't hold grudges. Um, I, you know, sure, there's times I'm disappointed maybe in somebody because of what they did on a bill, but I'm not going to hold them against them if they bring a bill that I like and and I'm going to move forward with it. So, yeah, and you really do. You, you know, the birthday cards you get from people that, that have retired, you know, or been you know, left the Senate, um, the birthday cards, the Christmas cards, they still keep coming. And it's, you, you do build some pretty good friendships. How long have you been in the Senate, Jack? <clears throat> well, I've been there six years. I'm going on my seventh in my, uh, my final term. As you know, in the state of South Dakota, you're only allowed uh, four terms or a total of eight years uh, in the Senate. You can go over to the House if you want to, or you can go from the House over to the Senate. Um, that's your prerogative, but you can only serve in one particular chamber for uh, eight consecutive years or four terms. And, and uh, the people of District 13 have treated me pretty good. And this year they um, they uh, voted me back for two more years. And, and then after that, then a decision's got to be made as to what I do after that. So. Are you going to run for the House, maybe? Well, you know, that's all yet to be decided. I know I've, I've got a family I've got to look at and and see once if that's the right thing to do. Uh, I know people would really like me to do that. I haven't made that decision yet, um, but we'll see how this next year or two pans out. And, and uh, if I decide I'm going to do that, John, I'll let you know right away. Well, the being from Sioux Falls, do they, do they sometimes feel like Sioux Falls uh, gets too much of the uh, pie, or you know, if they're from a you know a place like uh, Watertown, Mitchell, or uh, Aberdeen, uh, do they feel like Sioux Falls has maybe uh, uh, has there been a little bit of anxiety between them? You'll see that out there in Pierre, uh, and people think that Sioux Falls gets everything. Well, you know, we've had great leadership in this this city for a number of years and they've always been very progressive about moving forward with infrastructure, you know, with buying land to expand on to bringing businesses into town and all of that. Yeah. You, you, you do see that out there in pier. One thing we have learned and, and, and I learned um, very early in my career out there that, that if I've got something that's going to benefit Sioux Falls, I would also like to see it benefit the region or the rest of the state. And if I can, convince my fellow legislators that if it's good for the region and good for Sioux Falls, it's good for everybody. Uh, if you just handpick Sioux Falls, for example, yes, you would, you, and I found it out the hard way that you will find some people that just absolutely will not support you because of that one particular reason. And our chamber of commerce and our city leaders here in Sioux Falls, um, have all, you know, and even the medical people have all, have all kind of feel the same way I do. So when it comes to, to asking for money for budgets, uh, whether it's, you know, ARPA money, which we got during the COVID, or if it's excess money that the state has right now, we look at things that, that we can not only benefit uh, Sioux Falls, but the region as well. And the uh, waste uh, water treatment plan is a prime example of that. 
we got an extra $60 million on that uh, through ARPA funding, which which helped out, uh, you know, getting Del Rapids, uh, Renner, and Crooks, you know, on the same system. And so, therefore, they only needed one wastewater treatment center versus having three or four. And so we found out things like that work um, work a lot better if we can regionalize it. Um, the tech schools, if, if there's something that Sioux Falls wants to have, we kind of make it um, make it look like it's going to benefit all the tech schools, whether it's in Watertown, Rapid City, or Mitchell, uh, and not only look like it's going to help them, but does help. And so we've, we've learned that through our experience here in, in, in Sioux Falls, and it's really, um, I think it's benefited the whole, the whole community here and the surrounding towns and the communities and also the state of South Dakota. Jack, what is some of the legislation that you personally are going to be uh, proposing? Well, I'm not going to get involved in anything really. I'm going to be so tied up with appropriations. I'm not uh, going to get involved in a lot of a lot of mm-hmm. real controversial ones because they take a lot of time and effort to work on. Not that I won't support them. It's just that I'm not going to be working on them. My biggest, my uh, one of the things that I'm um, I I'm working on right now. I guess I don't know if you want to work on it is. Um, which I am working on is tuition freeze in our universities and tech schools. I was thinking about that I, question. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, we, we've done it in the past. Um, and it, it's really helped with uh, the financial situation of our students. Uh, and it's brought in more students. Um, so we're going to, we're going to push that quite heavily. The governor did not have that in her budget address. We tried to get her to, to come aboard with it. I think we will get there. Uh, you know, you can spend an extra, $8 million of one-time funding and, and give all those students a break on their tuition, keep it the same as it was a year ago or two years ago. Um, and we're trying to do that. Another thing that we did, and we've actually got it accomplished now, we don't even have to bring legislation, is we were able to move the, the time frame of awarding scholarships to the students in the state of South Dakota. Um, our scholarships were always awarded in April. Well, all the states around us, including a lot of states, even farther away, uh, would award their scholarships in January. Well, our, our graduating students out of high school or juniors in high school, when they apply to these colleges out of state, they would get their money, and they would be waiting on the South Dakota school. Well, it's pretty hard to turn down money from the you know Nebraska or Ames, Iowa, or the University of Minnesota or Marshall or wherever it might be, uh, and then not knowing if you were going to get a scholarship from the state of South Dakota's colleges. And so we were able to, without legislation, we did it through their accounting system. Uh, starting this January already, the, the kids are being notified that they have been qualified for a scholarship at a state school. And uh, this, so now they don't have to wait until April. Jack, uh, we Go ahead. I, I was going to say we're running out of time. Just one last question is, uh, are we concerned about out-of-state money, out-of-state groups coming in and, uh, you know, proposing things like transgender, other stuff like that? That's always going to happen. Yes, we, we are concerned about that. You know, and then that includes anything from transgender to abortion to taxes to you know, just about anything that they want to bring because of our, our initiative laws, that, how to get, a, a, you know, something on the ballot. Is you know we're one of the easier states to do that, and uh, you know so we're we're going to be dealing with a number of those in 2024. But it's always it's always out of state. There's in-state money as well, but a lot of out-of-state organizations like to come into South Dakota and, and try to initiate something. Yeah, they they try to get it started here. Um, 
how do people get a hold of you? You're a Republican District 13 uh, Senate uh, legislator, uh, but you're Appropriations Committee, so anybody that needs to get a hold of you, uh, what's the best way to do that? Well, the easiest way is just to go on the website, uh, go to you know South Dakota Legislature's underneath there's my name and, and my uh, email address and uh, my phone number. Um, you can contact me, and, and, uh, and John knows, you know, you know me, and and a lot of people know that I, I do I do respond back. I might miss one or, one or here or there, but I, I try to respond back to as many of them as I can uh, in in a short short period of time. So um, that's the easiest way to get a hold of me, or you know, come out to the softball diamond on Thursday night in the summertime out at Harmadon, and I'll be out there playing ball. All right. Well, there is a phone number they can call. I think the legislature, there's email, you know, you can go to South Dakota Senate and there'll be email addresses, everything up there. They can Google it and find all of that type of thing. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, my number is 605-332-6490. That's my legislative uh, phone. And uh, just leave a leave a message or leave a text message on that and and, uh, and I'll, you know, I'll get back to you or send me a, send me a text or send me an email and like I said, I'll do my best to get back to you as quickly as I can. All right, Jack Kobeck, uh, Republican Senator, uh, South Dakota Legislature 2023 from District 13. want to thank you very much for taking the time to be with us on Forum. Well, I want to thank you, John, uh, for all you guys do, too. Just uh, keep up the good work, and, and I hope to see you around town here this winter.